0: What gives you hope for the future? Creative partnerships, technology, innovative solutions? For agriculture to continue to succeed, you need all of the above. Fortunately, a new project at the University of Idaho is a major step in this direction. And we'll take an in-depth look during our remote visit with one of the most knowledgeable people on campus. This is a long-term project that should provide widespread benefits. Welcome to Redox Grows, an in-depth look at key issues affecting agriculture. I'm your host, Jim Morris, with Redox Bionutrients in Burley, Idaho. How can farmers do more with less, feed more people, increase yields and quality, all while having less land, less water, less inputs, and on and on? A key piece to this puzzle is agricultural research, seeking solutions to this complex world that we live in. We know the challenges that exist in agriculture, so let's look at one reason for optimism. The University of Idaho's CAFE project stands for the Idaho Center for Agriculture, Food, and the Environment. To learn more, I'm visiting with Michael Perella, Dean at the University's College of Agricultural and Life Sciences. Thanks for your time, Dean Perella. I
1: appreciate the opportunity.
0: So Michael's been dean at the university since 2016. He has a BS in animal science from Rutgers and an MS and PhD in entomology at Virginia Tech. He's also spent decades in agricultural research, including at UC Davis and UC Riverside. And I want to start with just a basic question. How vital is it through this project and others to keep farmers farming, to keep agriculture viable?
1: So I think as we look to the future, there's going to be some really tremendous demands about agriculture. It's very clear we have a burgeoning global population that has to be fed. What we're going to have to do is look at, I guess we'll call it more intensive farming. In other words, we really can't bring more agricultural land into productivity. So we're going to have to, in a sense, have the same amount of acreage, let's say, but produce more food from that acreage. I think those are tremendous challenges for farmers to do that. I think there's got to be research and technology that's going to advance to to sort of uh, Allow farmers to do that. And at the same time, there is this, the environmental sustainability of that also that has to be taken into consideration. So when you consider all these things, uh, there are going to be some real challenges for agriculture. And I believe the CAFE project is focused on solving some of those problems. And another real piece of this is that whatever is available to farmers has got to be economically viable for them. In other words, they can't adopt practices that, in a sense, are are going to put them out of business, right? So there's the economic equation that's huge in all of this. And again, that is encompassed in what CAFE is all about.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that because at the end of the day, if farmers can't be profitable, it's not going to work for agriculture and everyone will suffer, farmers and consumers. So let's talk specifically about the CAFE project. When it's completed, it'll be the country's largest and most advanced research center targeting the dairy and allied industries. And there's a lot of components to this project. So your thoughts on CAFE, its unique nature, and how it will help.
1: So I'm all about developing signature programs for the University of Idaho, and I think this will be a signature program that will have impact not only in Idaho, but I think from a regional perspective, from a national perspective, and I look at this as having international impact as well. So some of the goals of CAFE, which is really, I, I would say, viability a sustainable agricultural production for, for not just the dairy industry, but for broadly for agriculture you know that's manifest in what cafe is is all about so we will have the largest research dairy in the country and and in a sense just because it's large you know that doesn't mean it's you know, it sounds good, right? But but the, the reason it's the largest research dairy is that it reflects the size and I think the complexity of dairies in Idaho. The average size of a dairy in the Magic Valley and in the Treasure Valley are more than 1,500 cows per dairy. So you really can't have a dairy with 100 cows and expect research being done there, especially environmental research that is going to address the the needs of, of that industry, right? You've got to have a scaling factor that's equivalent. So that hopefully research done, that, cafe can be extrapolated to production dairies in the area. So so that's first and foremost. The other unique aspect of this large dairy is its connection to agriculture. So we'll have what's known as a demonstration farm adjacent to the dairy. Uh, It will be close to a thousand acres when all is said and done. And it will look at the different crop rotations that occur in the Magic Valley. And I'm not sure people understand the complexity of our agricultural production. I mean, it's it's remarkable. We grow um, almost 180 different crops in Idaho and just think about the the some of the crop rotations in the Magic Valley and I really can't even do it justice but but certainly it's potatoes and it's sugar beets and it's wheat and it's barley and it's beans and then of course there's the crops that feed the cows. There's alfalfa and then there's corn. So all of these crops are grown in, in the Magic Valley. We have about a million acres of irrigated agriculture there. They're done in a sort of a crop rotation scheme, uh, yet there really is no sort of v- uh, focus on the viability of that moving forward, right? So, And, of course, that's linked to the dairy industry, really through the manure that's produced by, by the, these animals. And so it's not really a waste product. It's actually a nutrient. So is there a way to link the dairy and sort of animal production and what they produce right what comes out of the back end of the cow can we relate that to to, to these to the crop production systems that we have. And so we really are setting up a 30-year experiment on agricultural sustainability that includes not only the dairy, but then agricultural production as well. And then the other piece of CAFE is sort of an educational piece, trying to make sure that the general population, K-12, through uh, the general population or legislators, understand the importance of agriculture, know where food comes from. And then the other piece that is critical to this is the food processing component the milk produced you know obviously we consume that but it's also uh, it turns into cheese and it turns into yogurt and it turns into whey, the whey product for protein so a lot of aspects there that are related to food processing so cafe covers the dairy covers the animals covers agricultural production it covers the educational component and it also covers the food processing piece as well
0: I really appreciate uh, being proactive in this area. When you look at animal agriculture, it's certainly critical to consumers, but there are some challenges, and you're taking those on with this project, so I commend you for that.
1: Absolutely. And when you think about dairy cows, on the one hand, they're astonishing, and, and, and at the same time, it makes you realize what we're, what we're dealing with. So, so the average dairy cow... And and again, there's going to be variation. Let's say it weighs between 850 and 1,000 pounds. So that's a fairly large animal. They produce about three and a half gallons of urine a day and about 60 pounds of manure a day. We have 400,000 producing dairy cows in the Magic Valley. So it's pretty quick to do the math there. There is a tremendous amount of... I would say manure and urine that are produced by those cows, and so it's that that's the environmental challenge that the dairy industry has so that's related to basically uh, groundwater and and uh, surface water contamination, soil contamination, and then a huge part also is related to to climate change and to green greenhouse gases. We have nitrous oxide, carbon dioxide, ammonia, methane, all these things that. In a sense, the dairy industry has got to get a handle around, and so basically CAFE is part of that. And again, we have 400,000 dairy produce, producing dairy cows in the Magic Valley, and that fuels this food processing industry. So it is incredibly important, I think, uh, to Idaho. But again, what I'm talking about here is something that clearly has global impact.
0: Can't wait for things to get rolling on it. And why don't we talk about that? What's the time frame for completion here?
1: We uh, should be milking dairy cows on the site towards the end of 2024 we expect the dairy really to be fully operational from a research perspective by 2026 so that's sort of the the time frame for the for the construction and we are beginning that now as well we had a groundbreaking in June of this year that was more of a ceremonial grand, groundbreaking to recognize the donors that that have contributed
0: educating consumers on why agriculture is vital is never ending and it's a real uphill battle at times. One quote I read was from uh, a scientist and rancher in Zimbabwe, Alan Savory, and he said the following, without agriculture, it is not possible to have a city, stock market, banks, university, church, or army. Agriculture is the foundation of civilization and any stable economy. And we know that to be true, but it is a challenge to get others who aren't on the farm to understand that. So how important is that educational component of CAFE?
1: Well, I think you said it very well. I, it, it is hugely important. And, and unfortunately, I think we've lost the narrative around agriculture. I think for the most part, the American public does not recognize, you know, how abundant food is, how diverse it is how nutrition it is, uh, and how available it is, and how inexpensive it is as well, right? If you look at, you know, the average cost of the consumer for food in the, in the U.S., it's it's much less than in many other parts of the world. We kind of take that for granted. And obviously, the crisis that we're facing now globally with the situation with Russia and Ukraine, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that Ukraine is the wheat breadbasket for the world, and suddenly you shut off that sort of production, and then it also magnifies the the, the interconnectivity and the global economy that is agriculture and so so in that sense i think you know, perhaps the, the general public is beginning to understand how important agriculture is, and we're behind the eight ball here. We've lost that narrative. I think we need to regain that. Uh, I think, as, as you said, we have some ground to make up as well. So that's one thing that I think think CAFE is, is focused on. I mean, it's unfortunate that, that agriculture seems to be vilified, right? Instead of, you know, all those positive things that I that I mentioned, and I do believe that, you know, our dairymen, our farmers, they are stewards of the environment. They, you know, they care about sustainability. They care about the, these animals. They care about soil and water, and and to think otherwise, I think, does them a huge disservice. So, you know, in that sense, we need to sort of right the ship there and, you know, talk about the positive things that that agriculture is doing in order to be sustainable, caring about water, caring, caring about soil, caring about caring about the climate, and also, you know, uh, Uh, looking at dairy and looking at meat consumption, looking at potatoes, you know, how beneficial that is, how important that is in people's diets. And, you know, in a sense... Almost anything can be negative if it's consumed in too much quantity, but at the same time, a balanced diet, you know, considering the components of what agriculture can contribute to that can be really important for people's health. So this is connected to, I think, a healthy population as well. So that cannot be understated, but we have some ground to make up. There's no question about that.
0: Sustainability, the definition may change depending on who you ask, but it's certainly an issue that will not be going away. Farmers and ranchers are good stewards of the land, but more will be expected of them, I'm sure, in the years ahead.
1: They need the pathway forward as well. So you can't expect individual dairymen or individual ag producers to come up with the, the research because all these things are complex and they're interconnected. It, and I'm an entomologist by training, so insect control, you know, from an agricultural perspective is really important. But that's related to soil health and, and to fertilizer and, and, and its application. And you have to bring the economic equation into the mix as well, so you bring that discipline to bear. You, ha- you need soil scientists, you need water scientists, you need people that understand air quality and, and are, are, are air quality scientists. It, so it's got to be a collective effort here. And I think that's the beauty of a university. We have multiple colleges. That can obviously colleges of ag are central to this, but we also need tremendous participation from colleges of engineering when we talk about delivering water in an efficient way. Right under that nomenclature of precision agriculture, that's really an engineering aspect, right? And that is going to be huge. We think about manure. Can we devise systems to separate the manure? Can we? dry the manure down so it becomes fertilizer? Can we extract water from that manure that can be used for drinking by the cows? So, I mean, there's so many things that require a multiple-discipline approach to solving this problem. You can't expect an individual grower to do that, but collectively the university, you know, and I think led by colleges of agriculture across the country, are going to be the the, the points of contact there and, and solutions will follow.
0: This is a very large project we're talking about. I think it has a $45 million price tag. How was this possible? There there've been a lot of people contributing from the Idaho legislature to many others. Can you comment a little bit about that?
1: I do look at this as a partnership. A lot of the capital projects we have in the College of Ag and Life Sciences, we can't do them ourselves. Uh, the, the state legislature, uh, they can't do it themselves. The industry cannot do it themselves. You know, private growers can't do it. So collectively, if we can pool resources and we have some common ground to stand on, you know, collectively, we can we can move mountains. So I think CAFE is an excellent example of that. Uh, really starting off with the legislature, putting in literally millions of dollars into this facility. The, the campus and the college also putting millions of dollars in. Uh, the Idaho Dairymen's Association, uh, other other entities, I guess, in the state, as well as the food processing industry, uh, they also have contributed. And so, in a sense, that really gets us to that, that $45 million price tag that you that you talked about. You know, we have some big donors, and it's worth uh, pointing them out. You know, for example, the Simplot Company has given a million dollars in support of CAFE. Jobani, the very famous uh, yogurt manufacturer, and other products as well, In in Twin Falls, with with one of their major sites, they put a million dollars into the facility, and I also mentioned Redox as well, with uh, their contribution of about five hundred thousand dollars to support Cafe. You know, it's it's entities like that, and and you think about that, right? So you have the dairymen; they're contributing for for research focused mainly on the cows. Uh, You think about you know Chobani; they're giving uh, you know research dollars to to kind of support sustainable dairy production, but their interest is not necessarily in cows but it's in the milk that they produce and then we have redox contributing with their focus mainly on on sort of healthy soil and and sustainability of agricultural production moving forward so it truly is a partnership that would be unusual to bring those those folks together around one project so so it's remarkable and again i can't say the word partnership enough because that's really what it is
0: our CEO, Darren Moon, can match your enthusiasm. (laughs) We're very excited. We're very appreciative of this opportunity. And I think that the return for all parties, widespread, it's going to be felt in a very positive way. And tell me about your optimism. There are certainly challenges, but there's some optimism I, I can hear in your voice. Tell me more about that.
1: There are some really exciting scientific Uh, challenges and opportunities that this represents and so in a sense you're contributing to basic science and trying to understand some of the complexities that go on and just thinking about soil health right what what you know what is a healthy soil and I always like to think of it as cities in the soil right there's there's insects there's other arthropods there's obviously there's a microbial community there's soil structure you know all these things that you know that are exciting to investigate and and you have to have an understanding of that so if you're going to, you know, maximize your crop productivity and yields, you have to have an understanding of that. There's no question. If you're going to maximize the use of water, Right, and and in terms of delivering water, making sure plants uptake that water appropriately, you know, that that that's a key. You know, you want to minimize runoff as well, and you want to maximize, you know, the use of nutrients in that soil. You don't want them to run into groundwater. We want to keep those phosphates, you know, you apply phosphates and nitrates to the soil for the whole purpose of the plants, right? So the plants take that up and they, they can be productive. You don't really want those to contaminate surface water or groundwater and and you want to keep our streams free of those right so th- these are these are critical challenges that society faces and and you know i think some of the solutions are going to be found in agriculture but this also you know directly addresses environmental concerns so the marriage between sort of environmental sustainability and agricultural sustainability are real and so it brings together different disciplines and different colleges to solve complex problems. And I think that, that that's, that's very exciting. And ultimately, the industry, and I would say society as a whole, are going to benefit from that.
0: You feel it in your gut that agriculture in America will continue to excel despite these challenges?
1: Absolutely. The farmers in the United States, I, you know, they are a special group of individuals. And I think... Now, one, one farmer produces enough food for almost 180 people, I think, so, something of that magnitude. It's really incredible. I don't think they get enough credit for that. So, you know, again, this is part of that narrative around education. I think we, we have ground to make up there. But, you know, I, I believe th- this CAFE project, you know, that's just one one aspect of trying to ec- educate the public. Hopefully, there's work in New York State and in Washington and in, and and in Pennsylvania you know all of us contributing here trying to move move the needle and the other exciting aspect is that there is you know more of a recognition of sort of sustainability and and the need for research dollars. So this, you know, we talked about $45 million for the facility. That's really just to build the facility. But then we expect our faculty, uh, and this is, USDA is a big part of this as well. We, in a sense, go after additional dollars that maybe that comes from within the state. Maybe it comes from the federal government. But clearly, you know, it's going to take that sort of commitment to sort of Fuel this 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 research that's going, to, that's going to solve the problems, and that appears to be there at the federal level as well. So, so we're excited about that. And I think you put all these things together. How can you not be excited about what the future holds?
0: Dean Michael Perella, thank you so much for your time, and we appreciate the partnership.
1: Thank you for the opportunity to share this information.
0: I'm speaking with Redox CEO Darren Moon, and I was thrilled to hear that our company has made a substantial investment to agricultural research
2: through the cafe project. Darren, why take this bold step? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Jim. My father was a school teacher and so he taught me at an early age that science and education that's the way you move forward. He he just ingrained that in me. And and I make this statement often. I I grew up not inheriting this business. I was able to create this business because of my education, because of what I learned in school. So we're very supportive of continual education efforts just from a general standpoint. I serve on a local school board. My kids all went to college. I I just firmly believe in that, number one. Number two, agriculture is at a transformative change right now, the environment is changing. The world is changing, and so we have to support science that allows us to adapt and change. I've been in contact frequently with the University of Idaho and the Dean of the College of Agriculture there, and he's a very forward-thinking person. Um, And he sees the need for change in the way we do things in agriculture, learning about where we are, and not going backwards, but taking where we are, and then positively moving forward based on sound science and implementation of that science. So when the CAFE project came up and we could start from ground zero, learning about soil health, learning about regenerative soils, learning about how plants grow, learning about what we do in agriculture, the opportunity to contribute to that in a significant way was just an opportunity that I couldn't pass up because, again, it's just a part of who we are.
0: Those words you just shared, it's just a part of who we are. I imagine that's not only reflective of the commitment and passion here at Redox, but it's also shared with your family as
2: well. Going back to my father, who was an educator, Valerie and I decided early on that we were really blessed as a couple um, by our family backgrounds, by our family history. And Val's really been the one that has pushed a lot of, hey, how can we give back? How can we say thank you to how we got here, to people that have helped us? And one of our passions is education. So supporting the research project, supporting CAFE, supporting the University of Idaho, our our state-run institution that's really heavy in agricultural research, it's something that when the opportunity again has come along, we wanted to take advantage of and we hope to continue to take advantage of in the future. And this kind of an
0: investment in agricultural research pays dividends for all, right? We're not only talking about
2: farmers, but consumers benefit from this too, right? I don't think that there is a consumer out there that doesn't want to know that the food that they eat is grown in the most positive manner possible, that we're not continuing to destroy the planet, but we're actually rebuilding the planet. We're rebuilding our soils. We're actually moving forward in a positive manner. So I believe this does affect everyone from the grower, clear up through the consumer, and then for generations to come, which is we can see ourselves doing these things hundreds of years from now because we're doing them correctly. What is your comment about the generosity of agriculture
0: in this area? A lot of funds were submitted to help this become a reality. Redox was tremendously generous. Other industry entities were as well. And what does that say about
2: agriculture and the understanding of how valuable all this is? I think that people sometimes misconstrue growers because they're rather conservative by nature and they don't necessarily beat their chest, but this is one where... It's a great example of cooperation between university, industry, and even the state of Idaho itself. The legislature was very giving in this CAFE project. Local industry and private industry was very giving, and then the commitment of the university to this project to provide the science, to provide all that behind it. It's just an example of how when people see a need and there's a positive way forward, there's a cooperation, particularly within agriculture, that's actually very inspiring.
0: that will wrap up this episode. Thank you to Dean Michael Perella and Darren Moon for their time and comments. We will keep you posted. We plan on several additional stories on this exciting project at the University of Idaho. We do appreciate your interest in the show. Please tell your friends and thanks for listening.